The day I want to talk about my title of my message today is, a, <clears throat> is called The Benediction. I've never preached this before, but the Lord made me to see it because I was like you, brother. I had a lot of trials and tribulations this week, and I'm thinking all of God's people has it because the enemy is out to harass us, but we are greater because he lives in us. Amen. So um, I, I was thinking on this, and I and I said, oh, Lord, just bless me and keep me and cause your face to shine upon me. And that brought the message to my heart. So I wanted to uh, tell you that Proverbs 4-7 uh, is the purpose for this message. And it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. And when I was touched in my spirit to minister on the benediction, I began to realize that I, I've never gone further than just saying it. And God wants us to do more than say, because it's much more important, his word, than just saying it. And I believe that this is a message of call to the church and to the, to the people who love God and to the faithful that they might uh, find a revelation in their spirit that the word of God will become even more powerful to us. We can never get to the end of the power of our God. And so I want to minister on this today. And concerning the benediction, I want us to get more understanding. What does it mean? Why do we say it? And some churches say it. I don't. The churches I come out of never said it, but I know that that churches do say it. And I know that it's something that the world knows. They hear it. They know it. They say, "Well, didn't God say He'd bless you?" You know, if you give, if you start complaining to the world, then they might say back to you, "Well, don't you know that there's that God blessed you?" So we want to look at that today. There, there are often things that are said. In Christianity, they are statements that we say, but we never go beyond them. We never understand why do we say them. We know that we say them because we're a Christian, you know, but what is the power behind that passage of Scripture? And I've always encouraged you, and I continue to encourage you to have a study Bible. And, uh, for instance, go to that passage of Scripture and just Read that and read all the little notes with it, and it'll take you all over the Bible where there are blessings. And so it's it's just the prelude to all the blessings that God has for us. And you know what, church? We need to to focus on the blessings more than the struggles, because the struggles overwhelm us. But God's power is more powerful than the struggles that we go through. So it's interesting that several times in God's word, we're reminded to get understanding. And I think that was what precipitated this message that when I needed him to take care of me and I read that, I saw that there was so much encased in that one passage of scripture that the church needed to maybe uh, hear it and hear it with understanding and see why we said it. If you have a study Bible church, please, you know, don't uh, don't be content on reading a whole bunch in a day. Just maybe read a little and then read all the side notes and see what all of that little bit is saying because it's have a great magnitude. 
And that's how we learn and get understanding. And he says, with all your understanding, you know, with everything, get understanding. So today I want to give us a little more understanding of the benediction. And maybe you know this, but it was a revelation to me, so I'm going to share it with you. What is the benediction? It's in the Bible, not the word, but the benediction is in the Bible. And uh, it means that we're asking for divine help. It means that he's giving us divine blessing. It means that he's looking upon us. He sees us. How many know when you go through your struggles, you don't recognize that he's looking at you? And when we do the things that we do that we shouldn't do, we forget that his face is shining upon us. And so we need a little more understanding of what's going on in God's uh, benediction to us. So the, the priestly benediction comes from the Old Testament. And I let's set the stage for it just a little bit. It's in Moses' day. And Moses is preparing to open up the tabernacle. He's following the plans of God to prepare the tabernacle for a place of worship. God is still doing that today. He wants more than the great edifices of churches. He wants people that will be an open temple unto him and that we will prepare for the worship that he desires from us. And so Moses was in all this occurrence of doing what God was telling him to do, getting ready to open up the tabernacle and, and, and do the things that God asked. And so he gives a message to Aaron. Aaron is his priest. Aaron is his, his pastor of the whole congregation. And so he gives this message to Aaron in Numbers 6.24. And so I'd like you to open your Bibles there because it's always good if you see it as well as hear it. So he gives this priestly benediction to uh, Aaron and tells Aaron to give this to the people. And I would like you to know that you're the people. I would like you to know that we're born again and we're part of God's family and everything that God has promised is ours. So I want you to receive this today. And, the, and so he gives the benediction. This is the word of God over his people. It says the Lord will bless thee. He will keep thee, he will make his face to shine upon thee, and he will be gracious unto thee. Gracious, he will give you grace. He'll give you a space of grace when you don't deserve it. He's gracious unto us. And the Lord will lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. What do you get when you come to salvation and Christ comes and walks into your life? You get all this blessing in this one passage of scripture. And these are the blessings that were pronounced on the Nazarite. And so a Nazarite separated himself unto God. And these blessings were given unto him plus the whole congregation. So Moses commissioned this to Aaron and Moses gave it to him from God. So what a powerful thing. Sometimes in church... When we have statements and we say them, they just become a common statement more than something that is powerful that reaches into our spirit and encourages us and gives us victory. You know, church, we need victory. We have victory in Christ. We are overcomers. What does that mean? That means we have overcome by the word of our testimony, not by our struggles, but we overcome because God is with us. And he will strengthen us to the case. Church, we're not here to have a life of our own. We're not our own. The Bible says that once we come to Christ, 
His blood covers us and we are not our own. We belong to him. But we live our lives like he belongs to us. And we can do what we want. And when we need him, we'll call upon him. But I'm here today to, to be revolutionize myself by understanding what God wants of me and how he wants to bless me, even in the midst of my trial and the tribulation. And I got all excited and then I had more trials. And I got more strong and I go like, okay, I'm going to take these blessings that God has given me and they're more powerful than the works of darkness. And I just went to sleep in peace and the phone rang early in the morning and the enemy was at work. So this is our journey, church. This is our journey. We are on earth to glorify God, to build the kingdom, to show that we can get through our struggles and not give up, that God has blessed us. With a, whole, with a holy benediction. So, as we look at this today, Aaron was proclaiming this benediction to the people. And this made, this made Aaron, Aaron, when, once he gave this proclamation, this benediction to the people, you know, he, we look at God, God is the blesser, God is the preserver, God is the provider. This is all what the benediction means. It means that he is the lover of his people. He's our caregiver. How many know we've depended on his care most of our life? If I didn't have his care, I wouldn't be here today. But he's the caregiver and he's the peace giver. These are the things that he blessed us with. If we would have an understanding, a depth of understanding that he is saying these things over us, not to finish us, but to see us through the journey that we can come to a proper end in eternal life. So most important, he's our savior, our redeemer, our baptizer, our anointing, our Holy Ghost giver, and he is full of love toward us. Now, I love what he gave the Old Testament saints, but I certainly love what he gave the New Testament saints so much more. Because in the Old Testament, they couldn't talk to him. You know, he just had to, they just had to take instructions and they were instructions upon instructions upon instructions. But Jesus came, he released us from all those instructions, and he just told us that God loves us, God forgives us, and God blesses us. And we need to just think on that today. If we sincerely believe our Savior and we believe that our Redeemer and our Baptizer and the anointing. These are all eternal things. You can't buy these. You can't purchase these things. You can't do anything but take them into your heart and ask him to deepen the benediction within you that you will uh, work on it when you get struggles, that you will trust God, that you will know that he is your keeper and he is your peace. And your peace is stronger than the peace that the world can give because the world's peace will fade. But his peace is still there. And remember that his peace is a person. Jesus is the peace. He's a person. And he lives in us and he dwells in us. And he's there to uh, upbraid us, to carry us through the disappointments and the heartaches and the good times. There's always good times. Today is a good time. We're here. We're in his presence. We're among the brethren. We hear the word of God. We sing the songs of, of warfare. Songs go before the battle. That's why we sing too many songs probably, but I love them because it gets me ready to fight the battle against the wars since the powers of darkness. So I think that Christianity perhaps sometimes takes for granted. You know if you flip the switch in your house, the light's going to come on, right? You know that if you start your car, usually it starts. 
There are all these things. You know, if you get a paycheck, you watch for it in the mail, it comes. You know, and those things, we become habitual. We just know it's going to happen. We just believe it. We think it. And sometimes I think we treat God that way. Sometimes we think, well, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm okay. But we're never okay because we have to live perpetually under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we have to, as our brother did, we have to hear the nudgings. God is nudging in in this generation, in this season of time. He's nudging so much that I can almost feel it. We We need to hear what he's saying today. He's wanting us to... You know, put on our armor, get up and get ready for battle and not fall underneath the struggles, but to put on the helmet so we think right, to put on the breastplate so that our heart isn't affected and to put on the shoes that we can march against the powers of darkness. You know, he said those things. He gave us that armor and he wants us to wear it in this hour. So as we look at this, I think sometimes that we, you know, we say I'm born again. Well, what does that mean? That means I'm a different person. I belong to somebody else. You know, we're all saints here that I, I believe. And so it's easy for us to think spiritual because we are saints. But sometimes our spirituality needs to go deep, deep, deep into our heart. There needs, there is awakening coming in our world, awakening, a, a terrible awakening of evil, the transgressing against the very creation power of God. And we need to have our soldiers feet on and tread, you know, no matter how we feel, you know, we need to be in the house of God if we can crawl in the door that we need to be there because where there is strength when the body gets together you know the devil affects us when we're alone you know when we're in the dark when we go to bed i don't even shut the lights off because i never want to be in the dark i want i'm i I fight against the powers of darkness that come to us sometimes when you shut the whole house off the whole house is dark and the devil messes with creaks and cracks and crumbs and all sorts of things And I just leave the light on so they can't bother me. But I tell you something, church. Today we have got to get away from just taking for granted the power of our God. Because he is more powerful than the circumstances that we're facing. Now we may cry and we may be upset and we may uh, worry a little bit. But when it's all said and done, we know the one who is taking care of us. And we know the one that is going to keep us because he has put the blessing of that upon us in the benediction. So let's think about what we take for granted in our in our salvation. What do I take for granted? Do I always appear to have the power of Christ working in my life? Do I always have his countenance upon me? I think we need to understand that more clearly. If his countenance is upon us, what does our countenance say to the world? You know, even when we're not upset, is it just a blank face? Or is the joy of the Lord, you know, burping up in us? I can't think of a better word, you know. Is that Holy Spirit, you know, boiling up in us and even though... We're in the marketplace. We're walking down the aisle with the smile of the Holy Ghost upon us. And and we are smiling at people as we go because the countenance of God is on us. Church Christianity sometimes gets the countenance of the struggles that we go through instead of the countenance of the peacekeeper who lives in us. So the Old Testament benediction was mainly physical. 
It was what they should eat. It was how they should clean their their dishes. It was all about their their physical outward things. Of course, they uh, included them in, in, the inside, but it was instructions, laws, legal things, and they could never keep it. Church, they could never keep it, and he forgave them, and they didn't keep it. And he forgave them. They still didn't keep it. And he forgave them. And if I said every time he forgave them, we'd still be here tonight. Because they could not keep the legality of the law. So he sent Jesus. I'm glad I live in the Jesus section. I'm glad I live in this Jesus section. So Jesus section, the Old New Testament, he deals with our spirit man. He deals with our inner man. He deals with how we think, what we do, what is in our mind. He says, let the mind of Christ be in you. You know, he, so how does Christ, in your struggle, what do you think Christ would do? You know, think about these things. They say, what would Jesus do? And I say, do what Jesus would do. You know, but he thinks about the things that our heart. Love me with all your heart, he says, you know. So I'm glad that I live in the New Testament section and John 14:26 says he says the comforter God speaking he said Jesus speaking he said the comforter which is the holy ghost whom the father will send in my name why we have the holy spirit is because of Jesus God sent him through Jesus to us and he says the comforter which is the holy ghost whom the father will send in my name he shall teach you all things he shall bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not like the world giveth. I think probably you can quote that passage of scripture. that He says, let not your heart be troubled. This is the secret that God gives to us in our struggles. To not let our heart be troubled. Yes, we will deal with the struggle. Yes, we will deal with the harassment of the enemy, but let not our heart be troubled because our heart belongs to God if we love him with all of our heart. Jesus himself brings his disciples. Now, this is really great. He brings his disciples and his followers together when he prepares to ascend to his father in heaven. And he gives a benediction. Jesus gives this benediction as he comes to the ascension. And he promised and he promoted the divine favor upon them. Jesus spake this and he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And thank God he said that because some churches just want to baptize in one name. But he says, here's how you baptize. You don't baptize in Peter's name because Peter just left out some of that. He said, but you baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you teach them to observe all these things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That puts a heavy weight on our priesthood or on our leaders or on our pastors, whatever you want to call them. Because the Bible says that we're to teach you all the things that God has said. So that means we've got to be in the book and we've got to give a different sermon every time we preach because we are obligated by God to spread the whole word of God to the people. And so when you see this, Jesus gave this benediction. A benediction is divine favor being pronounced. 
And he was given divine favor to us to teach the word and to be an example of his kingdom. And he said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And I tell you, last week I, I thought he wasn't there. When you get in your struggles, you know, church, what I'm saying. You get in heavy struggles. You say, Lord, where are you? And we need to remember the benediction. He's there. He's going to preserve us. He's going to keep us. He's going to take care of us. He is going to be with us to the ends of the world. Nothing that comes nigh our dwelling is going to separate us from the love of God. Read that passage of scripture. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God except us except us our flesh can do that how awesome is our god when we move into the new testament we hear the benediction from paul second corinthians thirteen fourteen, and this is a great benediction he says the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you amen it's not enough to just say i i believe in god We have to believe in the Holy Spirit. We have to believe in Jesus Christ. And this benediction is awesome because he says, you know, he gives it all to us. The grace of Christ. Thank God for his grace. Amen. Amen. And the the love of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. What more could you ask for? The Trinity. Having the Trinity. And you know what? The Trinity lives in us. And a whole package of God's glorious power lives in us. But, you know, as Christians, we get bound down with fleshly struggles. And then our attention goes to the struggles more than to the power that lives into us, more to the blessing that has been pronounced upon us. You know, we weren't in the Old Testament, but it's good to see what they got on, got blessed on them. Then we find Jesus blessing us. He says, I have all power. And he's blessing us with that as he leaves. That's his last uh, church service with them as he ascended into heaven and, and he gave them all power to teach and to bless and to, to, to remember what he taught them to teach it to others. And then Paul comes along. Paul spends all of his life in prison. Wouldn't you think that's a struggle? You know, they tried to kill him. They cast him over a wall in a basket. They stoned him once and they had to come. They come and gathered around him and brought him back to life. You know, and so he's saying, he, he, he's saying, you know, I, I have the grace of God. I have the love of God. I have the Holy Ghost. You know, we're blessed, church. We are so blessed. We have good things. We have homes. We have cars. Yeah. Go to the nations. They have nothing. You know, and we are a blessed people. We need to think about that. When we go through our struggles, we need to hold up this benediction before the devil and say i've already got a caretaker i've already got somebody that gives me peace you know and i am well able to walk above the enemy's darkness that he brings to my life the church has got to be more powerful in our personal struggles because god is with us and a weapon that's formed against us is going to prosper we're on a journey to eternal life How many want to know that you're on a journey to eternal life? And no matter what the struggles are here, heaven is going to be worth every minute a struggle. And the struggles are only to reveal to us our spiritual strength. And so if you if you feel, uh, you know, downcast, then you know that you need more spiritual strength. You need more faith. You need more trust. You need more of the benediction of God upon your life. 
this is the need the need that we have today in our life. So the benediction enables divine power. It, it cannot be taken lightly, church. You know, I always have a benediction. I never said the exact thing, but I say the blessings of God upon the people. I ask God to help us. I ask God to reveal himself to us. I never want anybody to go from this house without being blessed of the Lord. And it's it's so important. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to shock my family now because I'm getting ready for my family picnic in this year September and when I get done praying I'm going to I'm going to bless them I'm going to see how they react I'm all excited about it I say hold on now I have a blessing for you you know that every Israelite that got that blessing was not powerful some Israelite Israelites had uh, bad things in their heart they were they were uh, planning against Moses and Miriam but yet God put the blessing upon him. Somebody said, don't bless the wicked because whatever. Well, if we bless them and he becomes their caretaker, he may draw them unto him. And I, I'm, I'm excited to uh, give the benediction at my uh, family's thing. We got to stand up and show who we are in God. And we know that they're, if they're unsaved, I don't, I don't care. I, I, they can get mad at me, you know. Right. Then I'll call them back up and soothe them over and love them. But the point is, is we've got to speak at least to our own families, our own household. We've got to do this and, and do it lovingly and kind and never condemning them. So the blessing is divine favor. It means his face is upon us. It means he's gracious to us. What would we want to do without his grace? His grace is so powerful. It's the unmerited favor that he has given to us because we don't, we don't deserve it every day. We should deserve it every day. It's there every day. But some days we lack in understanding the powerful grace of our God. I would take time for a moment to just tell you Hebrews 11, uh, 36. This is, tells what the disciples did it talks about they were cruelly mocked they were scourged they were imprisoned they were stoned they were sown asunder that can can lay this up with your struggles so they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin they were destitute they were afflicted they were tormented they wandered in deserts and dens and caves and all this they received a good report so church our struggles have, have must bring a good report. We must come forth victorious. And you know what they said of them? They said, these men turned the world upside down. That's what the Word of God says. It says they did all that. They had all those struggles, and yet they turned the world upside down for the kingdom of God. So it's good for your devotions to read Hebrews 11 this week. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you want to understand there's so much more in the blessings than just the benediction read deuteronomy 28 in your devotions this week it's all about blessed 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 thank you jesus well acts 17 6 is said they have turned the world upside down are we turning the world any measure of upside down? If we're 
portraying Christ, that's what he wants us to do, to portray him in our life, to follow the nudges that he gives us, to keep our our life in the word of God and don't worry about reading six chapters in a day. But take a chapter to it when something touches you in that chapter. Start going to the side notes and follow it through the whole word of God. Because God has a theme to everything that he says. And he will lead you through paths of righteousness while the enemy is trying to get you into the side roads. And it's important today to understand that that benediction of the Old Testament is on the New Testament. And Jesus has secondarily pronounced it before he left us i thought that was so beneficial to see that when he left us the last gathering that he had with the people at the at the place of ascension that he blessed them and he says i you know there's all power given unto me and this is what i give unto you and so how wonderful it is so the benediction is very powerful so where is christianity today you know is it just in the in the edifice or is it in the heart's of man, the temples of flesh, because it's constantly warring with our flesh to do the right thing. It's constantly warring, you know, instead of being angry, we have to be forgiving. And instead of being angry that this didn't go right or that didn't go right or somebody hurt me, we have to have forgiveness in our heart and so that the blessings of the Lord will come upon us. The divine blessing is every day. It's every day. It's every moment of our life. The divine blessing is upon us. We belong to God. And I can't uh, embrace it upon you enough that Jesus' benediction is the most powerful of all. Because it encases everything because he has all power to help us. In Matthew 28:18 to 20, that is the blessing that Jesus gave when he said, all power is given unto me. So there's power, church. The world wants power. The only power that's valuable is the power of God that lives in us. So when the benediction is uh, is pronounced, divine blessings are pronounced, and they become a reality in our life. And who knows that one day when you might bless the raise a pronouncing of the blessing upon your family after you've had a meal together. Who knows what that might strike in their heart, how that might drop a seed of blessing in their heart, and how that might cause them to think more. But as Christians, we need to, to, to think more profoundly on the passages of Scripture that touch our, our heart. You know, I've read that passage several times uh, as I read through the Bible, but it, it never touched me like it touched me this time, to know that God has given us divine favor. And because we have divine favor, the enemy is at work to destroy it. And so we have to understand that if he's, if he's after us, we know that we're doing the right thing. And, and every once in a while, God will give us the peace that passes all understanding. You know, that peace that comes and you think, I, I should be upset here, but thank you, Jesus. You know, that's the peace that passes all understanding. So I want to say to the church this morning, 
uh, the blessings that God has pronounced on us through Jesus Christ, it's by the precious blood of Jesus. So it's not just words. It's just not a blessing. It's just not something that the priest said or the leader said. But it's the power of Jesus' blood that is upon us. And nothing can come against the power of Jesus' blood. All the struggles come. But what we want to preserve is our eternal destination. That's where it all happens with God. So the blessings that we have are by the precious blood of Jesus. When he said, I've given you all power. Go and teach and do and be. Whatever, pass out tracks. Get on the phone. Declare the the Lord to somebody, somebody calls you and your family, they're sick and you listen to everything. And when you get done, you say, let me pray for you. And you don't say, can I pray for you? You say, let me pray for you. And you shoot the prayer in before they can say anything. We got power in our prayer. Our prayer is a benediction that God has given to us to overcome. And we've got to spread the word in this generation, especially this generation. We are, our world is way gone Beyond Sodom and Gomorrah. They're, they're way gone before that. We should have been destroyed by now. But it's the grace and the peace and the blessing and the benediction of God upon us that he has preserved us. And I'm so thankful. Revelation 12, 7, 12 says, Let us give honor unto God, saying glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. In all you're getting, church, get wisdom. That's the word of the Lord to the church today. So when you read your Bible, search for wisdom. Search for the wisdom that God wants you to have, that you might be a a disciple of his in a powerful way. Today we're going to receive communion. We're going to bless the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians And honey, if you would prepare it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 16 and 17, this again was revelatory to me. It says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Where would we be without the communion of the blood of Christ? It says, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. He came down from heaven. And I just, to think that all these times we have said this, I've said this over and over at communion, but it means so much more. It's a cup of blessing. It's something that he gave to us that we could remember him by. And and how awesome it is when he says it's the communion of the body of Christ. Well, we know that. We've said that for 40 years here in this house. That it's always it's always a new thing when we bless it. We bless the cup of blessing. So let me read it again. The cup of blessing which we bless, it's the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread that we break is the communion of the body of Christ. So we're blessing the blood and we're blessing the body. Because why? Because he lives in us. Because he's blessed us with a benediction that is more powerful than the works of darkness. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads at this time and 
Paul wrote and he said, let a man examine himself. 